Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by CalverMind. Our goal here is to help B2B marketers learn the skills they need to succeed in leadership. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and I am thrilled that Andy decided to come back for day three to talk about what B2B websites get wrong. Andy, thanks for coming back. Glad to be here and I love this topic. I do too, although I might be a little feisty because I've been reviewing a lot of websites lately. And uh, founders, can you stop just asking ChatGPT to write your website? Mm. Stop now. Stepping away from the soapbox. Go back to yesterday's podcast and we talked. We told you how to do that a little better. If you missed it, it's right there for you. Yes, please. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. So Andy, what do you see or what are you learning perhaps from other industries outside of B2B tech? that we consistently kind of get wrong on the tech side? Oh, I think there's there's a certain UX and kind of uh, design elements and copywriting things that are common across the board. I mean, visitors don't have two different brains depending on what website they're on. So things like visual hierarchy and clarity. Here's a classic example. Not always, but almost always, the homepage is one of the top pages on the site. Almost always, uh, visitors do not scroll on homepages I put a whole bunch of homepages into Hotjar and looked at the made a composite scroll heat map and showed that like in that data set, 75% of homepage visitors weren't scrolling at all. They were going straight to the navigation. So to prioritize above the fold homepage content, let's ask this question. Does it pass the five second test? Can a visitor tell at a glance what you do? Does it does the homepage headline? If I asked you what you do and you read to me your homepage headline, would I know what you do or would I have to keep asking you more questions? What if I looked at your main navigation? Do the navigation labels just say, you know, who we are, what we do, or services, or blog contact? Does it is it specific at all? Specificity correlates with conversion. So making everything more descriptive and specific, so that at a glance the visitor and the search engine, of course, uh, can tell what you do. Huge benefit. Yet a giant percentage of websites don't have a descriptive homepage headline. And I see a lot of people focusing on value, which is great, but not actually describing how they solve or provide that value. So I was on a website the other day and they'll never, this is very common. So if you're guilty, I'm probably not talking about your company. Went to the website, it says, increase sales with AI. And then it had Hmm. this like stock image and then a bunch of tiny texts that I couldn't really read without um, zooming way in. I can't tell what they do from that headline. Um, And I see that so much with it's either all about the value or we're using techno babble that sounded good in a boardroom. Did it? Does not make sense (laughs) to the visitor. Doesn't make sense to the main audience, right? The actual visitor. Yeah. Uh, I once had uh, some research done. I hired like a VA to go look at 500 websites. Mm-hmm. And I published a piece about like web design standards and like what these sites do and don't do. Only 58% in this data set had descriptive homepage headers. In other words, almost half of these websites fail the backyard barbecue test. I met you at a barbecue. I ask you what you do. You read your homepage headline. I'm confused. So that one is an obvious thing. If you go down the page, actually, um, other pet peeves of mine are the subheads where people just say things that are super vague. Very common to have a big subhead that says like our services and then very small, the specific thing. Why write vague subheads and tiny with tiny descriptive text below it? 
flip that, make the big thing, the descriptive thing, you know, the, the entire page, like pan out, stand back, look at the whole page, read every word. What is the most compelling thing on this page, any page? What is the most specific, descriptive, strongest, you know, most intriguing or most compelling combination of words on this page? Question two, is that also the most visually prominent thing on the page? Is the largest or the highest or the biggest thing on the page? The job is to align, web design is, comes down to this. You're creating a visual hierarchy where each element in the hierarchy more or less aligns with this visitor's information needs. That's your job is to control the eye as it flows down the page. Every the farther down they go, the more descriptive and you know the more clarity and persuasion uh, they're getting. So that's uh, there are tons of sites that have big, big, vague things. And then if you dig deep, like it's like a carousel at the bottom, and the fourth slide is a testimonial that has like some amazing quote that should have been at the top. I was just going to ask whether or not you feel the same way about carousels in the header. I suspect we may be on the same page here. <laughs> the data is clear. The, the There's a funny joke about this. This is not, I wasn't the first to say this. Uh, the homepage slideshow was invented to keep people from stabbing each other in conference rooms. <laughs> it's a political solution to a debate between people inside a company. It was not made, it was never for visitors. If you marketing is about making decisions, right? It's like let's make it. Let's have let's let's uh, we're, we're going to make some tough choices here. Pick the one thing that they need to see at that depth. Show it. The next most important thing is in the next page block. The next most important thing is in the next page block. So when someone from like HR says, "Where are my pixels?" I want to be in the you know. Let's make a carousel. Uh, you got to argue. You got to fight against that. Just go look at the data. You know, go see what the click through rate is on that the the call to action on the third slide. It's zero or very close to it. Yeah, yeah. Other things I see a lot are very in-depth, lengthy animations that go through every single feature instead of focusing on what people don't realize is they're killing their page speed and that kills your SEO ratings. It's There's so many things wrong with it too. It's just not visitor focused, it's not search friendly. Uh, it, it's another another test. Just scroll down and ask yourself, do 100% of my visitors know what this means? Do 100% of my visitors know what this means? I was, uh, this morning, I was talking to a company that had made, it's like an auction website. Mm -hmm. And it says like, auction ends on Thursday. I'm like, well, when on Thursday? If I want to bid, am I the last bid? When, when is this thing, when's the cutoff? And I asked them, I'm like, oh, there's a 30 minute rule. What? Yeah, look, the link, it says 30 minute rule. I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, and then they explain it to me. I'm like, okay, maybe that, that link should, yeah how it works <laughs> like you know it's it's uh really you know every 100% of your visitors should know what that means that navigation label 100% of your visitors should know what they get if they click right the call to action it's uh the words on the next page should be should align with the call to action you know if it's uh if it's a schedule on the on the on the CTA the page should say schedule so they know what they're getting you know, you want to follow that intent with them as they go. So fortunately, Camilla, all these problems are uh, minutes to solve. Yeah. Free, free. You can change them. It costs nothing to improve the copy on these pages. You just crack open WordPress. Absolutely. Or whatever you're using. Um, so a couple of days ago, we talked about why it was so important to talk directly to your customers or at least listen or read the transcripts. I think though, 
that to improve website copy, yes, you should do that. Absolutely. But you can also take a step back and say, what are the things that I want to know when I first go to a website? One, I want to know if it does what I need it to do. And two, I want to know whether or not it really does what I need it to do by hearing from people who've actually used it. So if we could just spend a little bit of time on customer evidence and what good customer evidence looks like and maybe some things to stay away from. Sure. Uh, most web pages are giant piles of unsupported claims. That's the hard way to say it. That's the tough love, true message for most of us. Just scan down your pages and ask if you know how many of these marketing claims have support behind them. Uh, most sites have very little. There's there's nothing. It's only in that same data set. Only twenty eight percent of the companies we looked at had any evidence on their pages. So social proof is like testimonials and reviews. And they're magical because they make the, the audience themselves the messenger. Every message is a messenger. People don't think about that sometimes, but that's what's happening. If you make if you put quotes around something and a, and a company name and a person next to it, you change the messenger to that, uh, that person, now it's much more believable. Quotes are for sure the most powerful key on your keyboard. Put anything inside quotes and it feels more legit. So yes, add testimonials and social proof if you go to Amazon and analyze an example page, 50% of the pixels are, are social proof. They know what they're doing. That site is extremely well optimized. So, so the idea is to not make any unsupported marketing claims. And one of the most powerful supportive evidence is just the testimonial or case study or review or success story. And these should be uh, very prominent on the page. The uh, case study, one of the problems with case studies is that people just name the case study after the brand. It's like, you know, case study, Orbit Media Studios. No, the case, the name of the case study should be also evidence. Case study, 40% increase in search traffic. That's a better name for a case study because I can get value from it even if I scan past and don't click. It's like a game I play. Someone asked me to look at their website. This happens every day. <laughs> and I go look at the, and, and it's like, I go to the case studies and I click and they're often PDFs, which I don't like because it doesn't show up in analytics. I but I go deep down- those the rest of the internet the other day and I just fell off my chair. <laughs> PDFs are, yes, PDFs are the rust of the internet. People, your site is old. It's so hard to manage. It's easier to just upload a PDF. Something's wrong with your CMS or why'd you do that? Why, what's the case for the PDF? I don't know. It's like an, it's a fan, it's a perfectly fine alternate version, alternate format for what's also on an HTML page. In any case, uh, deep down inside people's case studies is often where you find that nugget, that perfect magical combination of words, the quote, that data point, that should not be buried at the bottom of a PDF. No. no. What percentage of visitors see that? You want oh. the majority of visitors to see your strongest proof points. It drives me crazy. And I've advised a lot of clients, like you have these great stats, put them at the top in bold, circle them. Put them at put the, the top. quote from the person. Yep. Um, because like Next. you said, mm -hmm. I think it goes back to like why email is in so much trouble now as we abused it and stats ROI is in trouble now because we abused it. A common question after this is like, well, where am I going to get those testimonials? And my best answer for that is your business should have a process where you call and close the loop and ask for feedback on what you did. Absolutely. X percent, I'm not going to make up a number. I'll say X percent of those people love you and they will be happy. And, and you know, when you hear that gushing you know, review and gratitude. That's the moment when you ask for the testimonial and some will say yes, some will say no, no problem either way, no pressure. But there are people who would love to be an advocate for the brand 
and you got that from them because you have you know a built-in process where you measure your net promoter score or you just follow up by the very client uh, it's also the call where you ask for referrals so no, you, uh, companies that struggle to gather testimonials frequently don't have a process for getting feedback from their clients. So some other things you mentioned, um, clear navigation. I actually do like the full pane navigation where you can add a descriptor if necessary. The one mm. word should really be enough, but mm -hmm. sometimes people want more. Mm -hmm. And then clear CTAs. People like to know where they're clicking. They don't like just the arrow. Yeah, I think the... Um, uh, if there's two things that can affect the click-through rate on a CTA, one is to make it sound easier, you know, um, download now or get the get the guide instantly or schedule a demo within 24 hours. The other thing is to make it sound more valuable. So, you know, talk to a conversion optimization expert. You know, so people click on things after they've done a split-second ROI calculation in their brain and concluded that the benefit exceeds the cost. So you can improve click-through rates by increasing the perceived benefit or reducing the perceived cost. It's that simple. Look at your CTAs and ask if you made the benefit sound big or, this, or the cost seems small. You can, uh, if it just says contact us or, you know, schedule now, you probably, it's not working hard enough for you. You need to add more specificity to manipulate in the mind of the visitor that, that ROI calculation. And your get demo example, that's where I definitely want to go next is I see a lot of people directing folks to a page with a form, no navigation, nothing else. You're giving them a very binary decision. You're not optimizing for being able to schedule right now or, or converse with somebody. You're not giving them another path just in case they do that ROI calculation going, eh, I'm not ready yet. I worry. Yeah. My first concern is that the word demo is a bit ambiguous. Demo could be a video, demo could be, you know, an, uh, uh, a phone call. Is it a live phone? Like, what am I, what am I getting here? Does that mean I'm going to schedule a call? Like, am I going to get pitched? Uh, or getting the demo, is it like an explainer video? Uh, the other thing, so the page that has stripped out navigation, I understand. Not for a normal visitor's experience flowing through a website, because that person's trying to browse around, you know, they may want all kinds of different things. But for the PPC landing page, Oh yeah, that's uh, fine. That's different. <laughs> that's different. You know, yep. I agree. I, I would the expect same that. But if I'm going on the website and your main CTA is get a demo and I click on it because I'm like, what does that mean? Because like you said, it could mean anything and then land in, in purgatory. I don't like it as much. Yeah. The other day we talked about the GA4 path exploration. Uh, that will show you uh, the the back button activity on your demo page. <laughs> it is or benefit. just closing out completely. Yep, the drop off. It's right there. The path exploration will show you exactly how people are engaging with that page. So, is there anything else that pops to mind when we talk B two B websites? Uh, oh, blogs. well, some sites. Yeah, I mean, a lot of sites looks like kind of a neutron bomb went off, and all the people are gone. I think every page should have people faces. Different people, oh, it's really hard to differentiate. Well, your team is different. You're the only company with those people. Why don't you put the people on the page? It, you know, it adds it, it adds warmth and life and humanity. It, it it does half the job of what a testimonial does without even any permission from a client. You just put your people on there. Make a stand, make a statement. So that's one of the big differences. Uh, I think that there's uh, just a, the modern design trends should create a clean, simple flow where... Don't just think about the visual hierarchy of the entire page, but every scroll depth has its own visual hierarchy. So 
scroll down to any depth on any page and ask yourself if you've made a decision about what should be the most important thing at that scroll depth. Is it also the most compelling thing at that scroll depth? Uh, we already had the mini rant about carousels and slideshows, CTAs. Uh, <laughs> there are, uh, we, we, we complained for a minute about PDFs. Like what's like, we call them the rust of the internet. The Yeah, I uh, was picturing for every PDF you upload, a car door falls off its hinges. Yeah, I mean, it, there is a time and a place for it. But if your PD, if you made that, if the PDF is the only version of that thing, that that text, that copy or that that statement, that PDF goes viral, you'll never know. You don't get any analytics on it. Uh, it's just not built for, it's not what the internet is. A PDF is a print simulation. So I understand the, the, the utility, but it's not, it should not be the main, you know, the primary version of whatever that content is. I think people um, really overestimate what value, what bar people are at to give their email over. I think a case study, I'm probably not motivated enough. I'm going to go to G2 or some other review site to do that. Yeah. I think it's just smarter to put it on an ungated web page as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I've never, I'm, I've, I'm known for never having gated anything in my career. I have like a million visitors a year. And, you know, I rank for all my most important phrases. I generate 900 leads a year without any advertising. I am crushing all my goals. No gate. How did I do it? Just, you know, I'm prioritizing the visitor's experience. I'm not saying gates are bad and, and I may try them later. And I encourage anyone to try anything because maybe it'll work. But um, there's, uh, it's certainly not necessary to put your stuff behind a gate. I mean, People want to give me their email address they certainly can um i'm, I'm uh, they can subscribe there's a cta on every blog page i'm one of those subscribers so i can do a little plug for you you just you have really excellent content that's relevant and timely so you just do a really great job and speaking of which a little bird told me you have a book out there would you like to plug it sure uh content chemistry is uh it's in its uh, sixth edition. I have to keep writing this book over and over. Uh, it's been updated recently, and it is all of my best. Uh, it it covers influencer marketing, blogging, social media, email marketing, content strategy, as well as the core pages, the conversion optimization, you know, keyword research, analytics. Uh, so this is uh, I've done you know twenty four years of digital marketing, and it's. All, everything I've learned, the, all my best techniques described in a step-by-step process uh, between two covers. And I will say it, it certainly helped, your content has helped me hit the ground running. And um, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being here. Oh, this was so fun. So those of you listening, thanks so much for tuning in. Tell two friends, you know, to help us out. Give us a like, a share, a subscribe, a download. We appreciate everything. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out calibermind.com.